In the 1990s, two idiots decided to launch a podcast on SoundCloud. These idiots quickly ran out of space and moved to the hosting platform Podbean. Today, still airing their show, they survive as pitchers of fortune. If you have a solo film, if you want a bad idea for a sequel or prequel, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Equalizers. No? I think I... think they're at the age you lost it, Yeah, it's alright. Yeah, I... Is there a part after that? I don't remember. Uh, I think it's... It's a banger, like yeah, opening, like theme. In um, um, the show Spaced from Great Britain with Simon Pegg and Jessica Hines and a lot of the people who would go into their the Cornetto trilogy things. Um, there's a bit where they do like a, a mission and they play the A team theme song and then they cut to them at this like rave party and the Nick Frost character is dancing to a rave remix of the A team theme song. If I can find it, I'll put it in right here. But it's so fucking good. Like that's a club banger. Um, do you think we're in like a post uh good opening theme like mm-hmm. era yeah. of TV? I think like nineties cartoons were the last ones to have like really good theme songs. What's your what do you think your favorite theme song is, like opening? Uh the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the nineteen eighties. Okay. Mine's definitely and I probably have brought up this show up before, but mm-hmm. it is Zoids. No. 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 <laughs> it's the opening to Quantum Leap. Which is apparently getting a movie or something or a revival with something. with Scott. I don't know if it's not with Scott Bakula. I'm not watching that garbage. Is back 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 back? Oh, back as in back Bakula. I thought you were doing like a Dracula thing. Like no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you know that? What the? F- is this? Sorry, hold on. There's mm-hmm. there's Coke Zero in this, and like the foam is sitting on top in a weird way that looks like clumps of something. It's fine. That's the zero part. That's <laughs> what happens when you take everything out of it. It's just clumps of brownness. <laughs> Coke Zero is in zero liquid. Mm-hmm. It's more about the experience, you know, than the actual <laughs> Coke Zero is more about the journey than the... So we're doing the A-Team this week. We are doing the A-Team. If you didn't get that, listeners... From uh, the many times we said A-Team in the title of the episode. Um, and not the A-Team show, but the A-Team movie with uh, Liam Neeson, Bradley Cooper, Jessica Biel... Um, Vitkiss from District Nine from and yeah. um I don't not know the guy's name who plays BA Brockus. Uh it is Quentin Rampage Jackson. And he's a fighter, mm-hmm. right? Like he's a UFC fighter. I knew of him vaguely that he was a like MMA fighter before I saw this movie, but I wasn't familiar with him more specifically. Yeah. Also this new Bradley Cooper kid, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good actor. Can we talk about how Bradley Cooper is a very good actor? I've seen him in multiple things. And he kind of reminds me of um, Amy Adams. 
okay. a little bit, as in like how Amy Adams is very versatile. Like mm-hmm. she's been in comedy stuff, she's been in like singing stuff before, she's been in really serious stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think he's like a top notch performer. I'm pretty sure he's the dude that is Matthew McConaughey's friend in Failure to Launch. Okay. Wow. Have you ever seen that? A long time ago. Yeah. We can cut that part out. <laughs> so, in lieu of our summary, because like we just, me and Mike both agreed that it's just kind of a time suck, and you know, watch you can watch the movie yourself if you want to, or look at the synopsis. Usually, the sequel we make isn't always contingent on the first movie. No. <laughs> Rarely, in fact, I'd say. So, what I wanted to introduce that speaks to a little more of the concept of the show itself is um, we make sequels to movies that don't have sequels yet. Um, usually the reason why movies don't have sequels is either because they are too good to have a sequel or they're too bad they should not deserve a sequel. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, Mike, what you think this movie classifies as between those two. I'm going to... I don't know, because honestly, I feel like this movie does... should have sequels because it's like Fast and the Furious... Those that kind of thing, like it's an easy action series to just keep cranking out new ones of. And I was talking with a friend of the show, Jackson Eflin, about this the other day about why I love this movie so much is because it's like the good Arnold Schwarzenegger action movies of the 80s where they know what they are. This movie knows what it is. It's like basically it's get from stunt to stunt. And the story is basically there to be kind of interesting, but mainly to get you from action set piece to action set piece. And they really don't try to be like Citizen Kane about it. Like they they put in vaguely a B.A. Baracus story arc and maybe a little bit of a face arc. But other than that, it's just stunt piece to stunt piece to stunt piece. And I so I think it actually for the first time you're bringing this bit up, I think that I reject your premise entirely. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you brought up the B.A. Baracus piece, though, Mm -hmm. because like I actually think it classifies as a movie that is too bad to get a sequel. Fair enough. (laughs) That's fair. Because it is just a stunt action piece, like that's fair. Which would be fine if they didn't try to input those like little dramatic moments with like the B.A. Baracus Mm storyline or the face storyline, because particularly the B.A. Baracus storyline, because that whole arc where he at the very beginning of the movie, he's like gung ho, like mm-hmm. action hero dude. Then he goes to jail and he kind of finds a little bit of an enlightenment about like, oh, I don't want to kill people anymore. He takes a, do not, a vow of nonviolence. Exactly. And both Hannibal and Face and uh, mm-hmm. Murdoch kind of give him shit about it. And honestly, it's a very weak story arc. And it actually made me hate Hannibal's character somewhat, somewhat because... The whole thing with them getting the plates mm-hmm. back and everything, Hannibal talks to B.A. Brax. What's up, boss man? That'd be right. It's gonna get heavy, isn't it? Well, I can't promise you it won't. Let me read you something right quick. Victory attained by violence is tantamount to defeat. For it is momentary. Gandhi. It is better to be violent if there is violence in our hearts than to put on the cloak of nonviolence to cover impotence. Who said that? Same guy. 
Gandhi wasn't afraid to fight for the things he believed in. What is it you believe in, B.A.? So, in that scene, like, Hannibal is basically saying, you have to fight for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. But, and this is why I, I kind of think this is a bad movie. Okay. These guys all four of them are not fighting for what they believe in whatsoever. They do not care about the plates getting in the wrong hands. They do not care about anything. It's all about clearing their name. I mean, that's... <laughs> it's all about clearing their name. I mean, it's justice. But it's their own justice. It's not justice for other people, I don't feel like. I mean, an injustice was done upon them. Sure. I I, I, I can see what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing. I, I mean, I do disagree, but I'm not telling you that you're wrong. Like, I mm-hmm. I just have a different take on it, I guess. I'm just saying, all of Hannibal's motivation, outside of that scene, particularly, uh, where he's talking to Baracus, it's all about clearing their own name. It never felt like they were trying to, like, save the world or mm-hmm. save the importance of the plates whatsoever. I, I see what you're saying. I think that... I don't, it didn't bother me that much because it was more I was, you know, more interested in the ridiculous stunts. For sure. And that's why you watch this movie. But that's the thing. They shouldn't have included that stuff in at all. <laughs> I don't know. I mean they needed something. Sure. My point was that they don't really dig super deep into that. Like you said, there's like a few scenes and it's kind of like and I kind of roll my eyes because it isn't great, but also they're not really trying to mm-hmm. shoehorn in like a deeper meaning or whatever. It's like they know like it's the obligatory story okay we have to have probably a couple character arcs so i guess we'll do this and like whatever like they basically put in just enough story to make it a movie and not just cut scenes sure i think i had something to say about the bradley cooper story but whatever i I honestly think bradley cooper like he goes from like being this kind of dude that is mad all the time Mm -hmm. to this like kind of like wild and crazy guy (laughs) particularly the tank scene yeah, I love the tank scene. Where he's like, Hannibal, yeah. If we're under 20,000 feet, we get so brave, right? What are you talking about? 20,000 feet. Let's fire up the old weapon system. <laughs> hey, boss, got a little stuffy. I'm going to pop a window. Yeah! What you got, bitches? What you And he's using a turret. Yeah, so in the movie, they're flying a, like, they steal a military plane, and it's getting shot at by drones, and before it goes down, they basically all climb into the tank that's in the back, and when the plane blows up, then the tank is parachuting down. So Face, played by Bradley Cooper, gets out and takes the machine gun on top of that and starts machine gunning at the drones, trying to kill them, which leads to my favorite line in the movie. You trying to shoot down that other drone? No. They're trying to fly that tank. Yeah. And I love I love the way she says it. it. Half resigned, like, of course they are. And half like she's she's in their heads a little bit, like she's been chasing them for long enough or whatever, and she knows, like, of course not. Like, of course that's what they're doing. Like what why would they try to shoot down drones when they could be flying a tank? Well, that whole scene is great because I feel like all of their moods, like everybody in the in the tank itself, mm-hmm. they were all kind of like, "We're probably gonna die right now." <laughs> yeah, BA's freaking out because they're, I mean, yeah. f- falling to their deaths. Murdoch is having the fucking the best time of his life. Yeah, Hannibal may not think he's gonna die, mm-hmm. and then Face is just like, "Fuck it, let's go shoot some drones out with like a turret." I love Hannibal's uh, mindset though; is always in the mi- like when they're in the mission. It's like I don't have time to panic. Yeah. And so he doesn't. And then that's where he came up with the idea of fucking flying. Yeah. And 
obviously we don't need to get into the logistics of any of that because no, it's stupid, no, no. like stupid. But like, I do ha- love how the tank is still drivable after mm-hmm. falling into the lake because <laughs> they drive it out of the lake. <laughs> well, Madison, I like this movie a lot i don't know if did you like it i know you said that you think it's too bad that it doesn't deserve a sequel but did you like it i think i'm very middled on it because like where i do hate those like dramatic elements and i think Mm -hmm. they're just poorly done they shouldn't have done them at all the action scenes are great Mm -hmm. like every single stunt scene is fucking amazing and very well i mean it's not a good movie like i think it's a good action movie yeah and so i really like it but i i would definitely agree with you that like the narrative elements like the story elements are sparse in a lot of places i'll add this little bit as far as like representative of what i know the tv show is it's Mm -hmm. not really because it's kind of it is an origin story of the team itself and like how they get to what happens in the tv show yeah because the introduction that i parodied actually comes at the very end of the movie Mm -hmm. well then it probably won't surprise you to know that there are people who did not like this movie that's right, gang. It's time for another installment of Daddy's Tomatoes. Wicka wicka. <laughs> I, I, I will never get tired of your attempts to open a remix of the, like a Daddy's Tomatoes theme remix. I do want, at one point, uh, you to uh, like introduce like some sort of beat drop in the middle of the... <laughs> Try to do like this, like I'll probably just put that those sound okay, effects cool. right in the middle. So we have actually a returning reviewer. What? Uh, from our Mega Mind Two episode. Is Ruggy back? No, that was actually where we met T Rugs for the first time. But this is Peter L. Okay, who gave this movie two and a half stars. My rating. 2.5 out of 5 stars. Grade, C+. Gesture, thumb sideways. Status, uh, mediocre or so-so. Rotten, in parentheses. Emoticon, and it's colon, and then the little dash, and then the straight up and down line. That's like a kind of a meh reaction. Mm-hmm. So, Madison, I want to get your your quick uh, reviews from this. Not forgetting your unofficial uh, spiciness rating. Got and it. the snackability rating. The snackability. Okay, so you want me to... I gave Megamind a dangerously cheesy for the snackability rating. Okay. So go ahead and start with what's your rating out of five stars? I'll say 3.5 out of five. All right. Grade? A E minus. E minus. All right. Yeah. A gesture. It's going to be the uh, um, Spock, a Live Long and Prosper. Okay. Um, That's good. That's... With the uh, pointer finger down um, and then the thumb outwards. <laughs> so this? <laughs> yeah. Cool. all right status uh it's complicated nice and then emoticon i'm gonna do the uh an x and then a d like a capital x and then a d all right so now how many chilies are you giving it i'm gonna give it four chilies out of five okay and then your snackability Um, rating my snackability is crumb diddly (laughs) unctuous all right well i actually agree completely with all of your Except for, I'm going to give it five out of five chilies. And its snackability rating for me is Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch. All right, one last review. I saved the best for last. This is from Fraser R. Which, if it had been C, uh, if it had been Fraser C, Fraser Crane, it would have been great. 
I can hear the blues a calling, tall salad and scrambled face. <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> Fraser R. There was no rating, and it says, "Glad I didn't pay for it." Do not believe the credits. Liam Neeson should not be in this film, and therefore, that's an imposter. Better than staring at a blank wall, but I recommend drinking your way through this one. So, we have the truth that that was Liam Neeson imposter. Ooh. I don't really like Liam Neeson that much, so... Breaking news. Yeah, I, I kind of hated everyone connected to that movie, The Grey, because they, and it's mostly the director's like fault, but you heard about them eating wolves, like they like ate on the set. Yeah, ate wolf meat. And maybe that's a wise tale or something, mm-hmm. but I thought I definitely read a few articles around that time when that movie came out that the director wanted them to like the <laughs> actors to eat wolves to know what it's like, but they're totally a dang- an endangered species. Sure. Feel free to call me out, Internet, if that's uh, bullshit. Yeah, tweet at us at the Equalizers. Yeah. I had a professor in college who was a, like, 75-year-old Honduran man who taught uh, Spanish. Mm-hmm. And one day he starts class. He had a very thick accent. And I'm not going to do the accent, obviously, but he said, yeah. basically, yeah. So last night I watched a Grease. And we were like, you watched Grease? Like, all of us were confused Greece? by our 75-year-old Honduran professor was telling us that he'd watched Grease. And he went... You know, the Lobos. And they went, and like put claw, hand claws up and like growled at us or whatever. And it was the funniest thing. I love that, that you guys, thing. with you all thinking that he watched Grease and then he did that. That's mm-hmm. very funny. And he's like, you know, with Los Lobos. And then, and like, but like, kind of not like jumped at a kid, but kind of like motioned forward with his upper body at them when he growled. It was fucking great. I miss him, Senior Galgal. Fun story. <laughs> One time he handed me back a paper. He called me Senior Canole every day. Yeah. And like, I didn't correct him because my roommate had him in a kid in that class correcting him every day about their last name, and he just ignored that kid. Okay. And, and so it didn't bother you, you me that knew. much. He called me Canole. And so finally, like last week of school, I went, actually, senor, it's pronounced Noel. And he looked at me for a second and went, no, no. <laughs> I have friends with that last name, and they pronounce it Canole. And then just like walked away from me. That's great. Gogo was the boss. All right, so with... All the tomatoes squished. We come to pitch time. One more review that we didn't talk about is... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you brought up Mr. T and his opinions about this. Yeah, before we started recording, we were talking briefly, and I know that Mr. T very much hated this movie. Because they killed people, right? Yeah, his whole thing was that in the original series, no one really died. I haven't watched the original series, so I can't vouch for whether or not that's true, or if it's like, you know... One of those things, like in Batman games, where he flips a car eight times, and they're like, yeah, nobody died in that. That's fine. And you just yep. keep going. Like, yep. I don't know if it's the questionable logic there or what, but uh, let me do this real quick. I guess Mr. T said that his the reason that he thought the movie was a critical failure was because he wasn't in it. No. <laughs> According to... The A-Team's, like the Wikipedia page for this film. Uh, Mr. T, the original B.A. Brackus, was offered a cameo but turned it down. In a 2010 interview with Script Magazine director Joe Carnahan claimed that Mr. T, after viewing scenes from the film, thought the final product was, quote, the greatest thing in the world. 
After the premiere of the film, Mr. T allegedly stated that he had become disillusioned and felt the story emphasized sex and violence, and that it was unfaithful to the original series. Uh, uh, an attorney for Mr. T later stated that the actor had not yet seen the film and could not comment on it. So I guess there's like a kind of floating around out there is that okay. it's apocryphal, but apparently Mr. T really did not like this film. All right. With that, let's uh, start the pitch. I think, Mike, you have talked to me beforehand where you have a good amount of an idea. Yeah. Right? So um, as a parting of the curtain, we're moving basically to all riffs or guests for a while while Madison's in grad school and all that and just doesn't have time to like prep solo pitches. So. This yeah. was one that I had intended to pitch solo before we made that change, but also just I couldn't really break the ground on it. So I have a few ideas, and so we're going to take those and then riff from there. Yeah. So when I started this idea, I went looking back through kind of synopses of old episodes of the A-Team to find something kind of new and different. And the one that stuck out to me is somebody comes to them because their kid uh, is in a cult. Okay. And they need help getting the kid out. And then I figured it would escalate. And my idea was the cult has something to do with drugs. And so we could have a, a set piece near the end at, like, a drug plantation. Okay. I'd also been watching a lot of Into the Badlands at this point, where there is, like, poppy farm plantation stuff. So that's kind of the idea as it stands. Like, that's about... I have, like, more detailed stuff about, like, oh, maybe this or maybe that, but that's the bare bones of my idea. I want the twist to be, like, that the uh, that the cult or whatever is actually just, like, a completely legal... And completely like on the board, like marijuana farm, and the parents themselves are uh-huh. actually like oh in like some sort of like a cult or something, or I like some you. sort of like evangelical like. So they tricked the A team into mm-hmm. basically taking down a legitimate business. Yeah. Okay. There is one thing I had the idea for, and that's when we open the movie. Uh, it's the classic like end of the previous mission thing where we get like the last I don't know ten minutes. Of yeah. the mission of a mission, and I want it to be in the bayou, and because we can have like an airboat chase, and at one point they're definitely going to grind an airboat across like the oil pipelines or whatever, mm-hmm. like the gas pipelines in the bayou. Can it be like without any context or mm-hmm. anything? Ba Brockus is holding like a glowing orb, like and <laughs> what is it with like, glowing orbs? They're funny. Okay, how about a golden orb? Like it's a golden egg that it, like looks okay. very important, and these people are chasing them down. Like these, I love it. Maybe they're being chased by government thugs or something, because that's okay. kind of who is also always on their tail. Like, well, I mean, also at, it could be like, in I know in the show also they take jobs from people who need their help, and so mm-hmm. sometimes it's like hired henchmen and stuff. It's not always the government, but I'm fine. I'm fine okay. with the government, like for this. Yeah, I think that. I think we pull the gloves off of this one. There's no, we can't let the laws of physics bind us to, like. Oh well, no. I'm just with the stunts. Usually, I'm the one who tries to pull you back from some crazy ideas. But, um, so in this Bayou Chase, they uh, take a take the fan on the back of like mm-hmm. the boat and they angle it downwards towards like the water, and that makes them like go like lift the boat up and go on a ramp. <laughs> on what to ramp? Jump something. There's a ramp. It's actually, it's actually a log. Like it's like a, it's like a, a tree trunk that has been sliced in half and somewhat hollowed out. Um, you know, because that naturally happens within. I think maybe they take the airboat up the ramp, and then as like they, they're gonna have to jump over something, and they're not gonna make it. Mm -hmm. And so like Hannibal and like face kick the fan until it's like pointed downwards, and it hovers them just over, and then. 
Yeah. I like that. And then they, they escape. I mean, it's it's a boat chase scene. We don't need to go blow for blow. And yeah. they escape with the golden egg that we never really find out about. Um, and then um, it looks like that they're going to catch up on them. Then they look back and then another boat, like mm-hmm. a huge boat, crashes into the smaller boat. And then uh, Hannibal says, there's always a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> um, well, I'm done. Uh, feel free to finish the movie, Mike. I'm just gonna. <laughs> You're just gonna go. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. That was my contribution. Of course, we get the classic Hannibal. I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. Um. Because he planned for that boat. Like, mm-hmm. He knew when it was. Maybe it's a ferry or something that's mm-hmm. like on time all the time. I like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. There's. Yeah. The classic Bayou ferry. <laughs> so we get like the opening music. The whatever. Of, of a movie we can cut to like three weeks later where they're back in LA, which is where the A team are based out of, according to the, the theme song, they escaped yeah. to the LA underground. And so they're approached by a person. Who, who's the actor that approaches them? Cause they're kids in this cult. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Favorite of this podcast. Julianne Moore. Okay. She has a bit of, she has a potential to be creepy. She could do it. She's in Kingsman too, which is a fairly action heavy movie. So Ewan McGregor, um, and Julianne Moore, uh, they come, they're desperate. Mm-hmm. They say that they um, were out. They left the house for the night to go mm-hmm. to like a, a town hall meeting or something. And when they came back, their uh, daughter was gone or son was gone. What if they went to college, like they're in college and they've just basically stopped like mm-hmm. answering phone calls or talk. Like, no okay. one knows where they are. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like. Joining a cult and being kidnapped by a cult are different, and we can do kidnapped. In my mind, the, the child had joined a cult willingly. Okay, but I, I'm fine if we if kidnapped by the cult is where the heat is. I'm fine with um, with changing that. I what I was leading to, and we could still do that. But sure. like, okay, they don't hear back from them or anything. Um, I'm sorry. Finish your original thought. Like, what what were you going to say? I was going to say that the child actually leaves willingly. Like they escape from their overbearing parents. Okay, so the narrative is that mm-hmm. the child was kidnapped, but in yeah. reality... Okay, yeah, yeah, that's better. That's better. I'm sorry, I doubted you. Yeah, but it could be the college thing, because I think that's actually like kind of a realistic thing when you go to college. Like, mm-hmm. you don't call your parents every day or anything like that, and like it's sort of like, like you become a little more independent, and these parents just like are freaking out about it. So the kid goes to college and doesn't call them every day, and also joins a cult. What's the? Um, to think of what it could be, because like, what do we want them to actually join? Is it a? Is it the marijuana farm, <laughs> or is it just like a like? Well, okay. So let's let's take a step back for just a second, thinking mm-hmm. about it. Then, if the marijuana farm is legal, what's the back half of the movie? Then, at some point, maybe halfway through, they'll discover that they've been duped. So then the back half of this is them finding those parents. I think the back half is them defending like the farm. Oh my God. A last stand. That's good. Yeah. They're defending the farm from the like invader. I think the parents get all their like cronies together or something. I think because they're, I think they're like legitimately bad news. Like they're the ones that are actually part of the cult, you know? Sure. It's more than just being like religious. It's about being in this kind of dangerous sort of, um, or they're 
working for like narcotics company, like whatever. Like they're trying to take down this legal marijuana thing because it's cutting off supplies from some like drug lord or something. Okay. Well, I don't know because I don't. I guess in my mind, it's Julianne Moore and Ewan McGregor as like a couple who now suddenly have access to like cronies and henchmen and. Okay. Because I feel like the A team would do some research into that family. And would come up with, like, if they were actually, like, part of a conspiracy. I don't know, but you know what I mean? Like, there needs to be a reason why they don't, they think that these people are up and up when they're actually yeah. not, like. I think, what if Julian Moore and Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. what are going to be their characters' names? What's in- Roger and. And Beth. Yeah, Roger and Beth. Fairchild. Fairchild. So, what if they are saying like we have this daughter who we haven't heard from uh, mm-hmm. nobody knows where she is this is her name she kept she kept my wife's maiden name okay so what's the daughter's first name gonna be um charlie charlie's fine yeah charlie um hampton okay <laughs> but i want to i want to lead to where the kid that they're looking for mm-hmm. actually just works for works for the farm mm-hmm. but isn't actually their kid at all oh okay i think that the pot farms are like maybe somewhat secret or something and they're trying to find them so they can like okay. burn them down like sure. covertly yeah that's good they're using the a-team as like private investigators to like mm-hmm find the farm I and mean, like infiltrate this like hard to find and get into farm maybe it's not that the farm is illegal it is that they're saying that they know there's like a cult on that farm mm-hmm. and then they have to go get important documents that are like in the safe in the mm-hmm. farm to and bring them back so they have evidence that like it this whole gig isn't an up sure. and up but what the pharmaceutical parents are actually doing pharmaceutical parents is a good band name yeah, uh, what they're actually doing is just trying to find any dirt on this sure. farm so they can shut it down because okay. they're a shitty. Right. So I guess it's why do they need the A team for this? Like, why not just hire anybody to go in and like infiltrate? Probably because they're good at infiltrating things secretly. Mm-hmm. Somewhat, I guess. Sure. Not I not mean... demonstrated by the movie at all. But they're also, like, highly skilled, and they have the, like, I bet the A-team needs the money, probably, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, they're soldiers of fortune. So they can pay them to do it. Um, I I think because the A-team have, like, this sort of, like, moral guideline, Mm -hmm. and if they believe that, oh, there's a a kidnap cult or something like that, Mm -hmm. like, they'll... Actually, for justice sake, they'll get involved. My question, though, is what is it about the cult and the the farm that requires Mm -hmm. the specialty of the A-team? Like, why not go to, like, a private investigator? Like, just a a above board. And I I know that, like, I mean, I I guess, like, why do they they need this, like... What if they say, like, we've hired private investigators, we've gone to the police, no one will believe us. Like, they, they went into it, but... The private investigators have gone missing. Yeah. Which is or, revealed later that they killed the private investigators when the private investigators came back and were like, no, like, this is up and up. I think you're shitty. Like, you're shady. So they've yeah. disappeared them. Yeah. Okay. So is the farm, like, fortified? 
probably because a lot of people it's probably got security a lot of people are trying to bring it down or just trying to steal weed plants right true yeah okay so this is where we get a good action scene or a heist scene mm-hmm. i mean we get a scene of hannibal and co like downloading about exposition about the family and the person they're after and the plant no yeah. pun intended like the farm and all that and then the people involved uh who's the who's running this operation who's the planner yeah who's the i'm, I'm sorry who's running the farm um david hyde pierce samuel jackson oh that's good i like that yeah he's it's like him and his family and i think that the the daughter or the fake daughter is like one of their like administrative assistants or something like that i have an idea killian murphy he was scarecrow in the Nolan Batman films. Uh, he was in Inception because he's Irish. He's r- roughly the same age. It's Hannibal's brother, and so he's. B- but he also built a security, so it's like Hannibal versus Hannibal. Oh, okay. So like so- Hannibal's coming up with all these plans to get in, but the guy who invented all the security, because you know his line in the movie about like. One step ahead of the game is the plan, kid. Two to three steps ahead, beating an enemy's move before it's even made. That's a plan. Yeah. And so, like, the brother, with that mindset, built a security, already thinking of, like, all the ways it could be penetrated. So, that that's the mission, basically. That's that's why the... that That's another, or... Yeah, like, that's that's why they come to the A-Team. Samuel yeah. Jackson is running the, fa- the, the farm, but he hired what's a very bland white dude name, first name. Scott. S- yeah, Scott Hannibal, because it's mm-hmm. John. I think it's... No, his first name's Hannibal. It's Hannibal Smith. So what's like... Scott Smith. Scott Smith. Uh, Napoleon. Hannibal, Napoleon. So we're going with Scott or Napoleon, I guess. (laughs) I figure it would be something just as ostentatious as Hannibal. Napoleon, Scott Smith. Napoleon. All right, there you go. So Samuel Jackson hires Hannibal's brother because, like, you know, I think that the Smiths are probably famous for their planning ability. He hired the brother to set up the security. Okay. And that's why they need the A-team is like the only person who could possibly beat a Smith security system thing. What does the security system look like? Like, what is it like? What are the the obstacles that it like? Obviously, there's like walls. Like, I'm just starting at the at the farthest yeah. outset. Like, I think yeah. inset security cameras. So, like, you can't take them offline, really. I think probably some kind of like redundant like alarm so as soon as you cut one alarm a second alarm activates i don't know i'm not (laughs) as for as many heist movies as i like watching as soon as it comes to coming up with them i'm terrible at it i love this fortified weed farm what if like along the road at different intervals there are those like things that raise from the ground like the steel bars you know Mm -hmm. that like are blockades so like yeah i was gonna say like tire strips but that's good too like yeah what if they alternate (laughs) So it's yeah. the idea being like, if you get a, a thing that can plow through the bars, you still have tire strips everywhere else. So yeah. as soon as you, if you get through the gate without some kind of proper like retinal ID or retinal ID, like fingerprint and voice command or whatever, or if you don't meet this check, then those the fucking road just like becomes impassable to vehicles. Yeah. So we gotta, we definitely have to find out mm-hmm. why they haven't why can't they fly in because murdoch right, is of part of their team so what what is it about the air like going in from the air that prevents it 
Is it in the mountains in California? I mean, my original thought was that it is in the mountains because that would be a better like set piece and give us some options for stunts. Yeah. Yeah, it could be like in a very treacherous mountain area. This weed farm that is in the high mountains. Yeah. That is, and something about the air makes the weed extra, uh, <laughs> extra dank. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know. I don't do the weed drug. Police, if you're listening. We're pitching a sequel that's placed in California. It's legal. It's fine. That's fair. Yeah, they can't fly in because it's just the, the, the spot in the mountains it's in is there's like too many peaks around it. They'd almost have to try to helicopter in, but you can't get a helicopter that high. Sure. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Um, or maybe they can't. They just can't. I don't know if the security system has like like aerial artillery. Like, I don't think that's good, but like. Easy fix. Murdoch hurts his hand in the opening boat chase. Okay. He can't fly a plane because as he like his hand isn't like super bandaged, but he did something to his hand where he can't like grip the controls right or something. He got stuck in the fan and now he doesn't have three of his fingers. Jesus Christ. No, I I, I no. <laughs> We're not gonna <laughs> definger Murdoch. But the thing is about Murdoch, he seems able enough and like ha- and like he he's confident enough always mm-hmm. that I think he could drive a helicopter with his butt, right? <laughs> I mean that could yeah I let's do maybe a combination of the mountains are too high mm-hmm. and maybe his hurt he kind of hurt his hand and yeah. can't fly as well like he could do it normally but what if he's blind or something like like temporary blindness or something like that maybe that would be that could be interesting I mean that gives us a character arc for Murdoch suddenly not being able to like their their air support guy can't there fly could, there could be a really cool uh, blind sort of like martial arts scene or something like where he's like fighting like off like, yeah where he's <laughs> fighting off people in this like room like somehow he like taps into something that he didn't have before and is just like super capable jesus fucking um, christ um all right so we what's the plan we have to think of the plan right yeah so the, how do they get through the gate which is we'll say like retinal scan and voice command because the brother made the security system, mm-hmm. I think he also provides like a security team. So like the guards and everything on the base are like his guys. And I think the brother has to be there as well. Like kind of like he's like the enemy or something. Like oh yeah, he's on he's on uh, on site. Yeah, for sure. Because maybe he gets tipped off. Mm. Maybe Hannibal calls him up. Is like is telling him everything that's going on, and then like yeah, that's a good point. He calls and is like, "Why are you working for this guy?" And we're looking for this person. And the brother is like, "You're a traitor and a fugitive, and like, why should yeah. I trust you?" And that's yeah. not what this is. Yeah. And then Hannibal's like, "If you're not going to help me, you know I'm going to have to. If you let me in right now, I won't come for you. But if you don't, I will find you and I will kill you." And the brother just says, "Good luck," and then hangs up the phone. And he calls him back, and he's like. I'm going to kill a bunch of wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and then he calls him back to, to explain about midichlorians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have enough midichlorians to take you on. You underestimate my power. So the plan is maybe, I think, I think uh, Murdoch mm-hmm. and Face, or, or Murdoch and, so I don't think Hannibal... Because he tipped off the brother, he, I think that Napoleon would have like tipped off the guards. Like, this is what my brother looks like. Don't let this dude in mm-hmm. whatsoever. If you see him, detain on sight. Sure. So I think it's Murdoch and Face at the front gate while Baracus and Hannibal are like along the fence, mm-hmm. like breaking in somewhere else. 
Now, see, um, there are cameras, though, in the walls that we established. Yeah. So maybe they are, let's see. I, I imagine this, like, elaborate, like, picture like what if they took a picture like in like right under the right under the camera and it's like a polaroid and they put it on a stick and then they like <laughs> it's so stupid well we're doing it yeah or maybe it's like some sort of video screen on the camera or on like a stick and mm-hmm. then like put that in front of the screen itself i think the picture would be a better angle because i, I feel okay. like if you put a camera in front of a camera you can tell that it's a camera screen yeah. Better than if you put a picture. Okay, so they're going each by they're taking pictures and then they're like putting them mm-hmm. over the stick, like over the things to make it look like it's <laughs> What if yeah, like um That's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean the movie's kind of stupid. It, it's yeah. face and like, I don't know, uh Murdoch before the heist or whatever are go like on a jog by the place and they stop and take a selfie in quotes. Mm-hmm. But really, what they're doing is taking a picture of the other side, like yeah, in front of the mirrors, and like they get ushered off by security or whatever. But now they have mm-hmm. that picture, and they fucking like. I love the idea that they just like put the like the lo-fi element of it. I think is good. Like the the brother was is expecting all these like high tech mm-hmm. solutions, and so Hannibal beats him by going low tech. Yeah. Okay. So they get the the cameras aren't a problem anymore. Yeah. So how do they get through the wall itself? I don't think they can just break through the wall, like mm-hmm. tear through it, because that's also got to like trigger an alarm, right? Yeah. What if they go under the wall? They um, dig. They tunnel. They dig and they tunnel under the wall. What if um, Murdoch and Face are the distraction? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh. What if? What if um, they intentionally like rile up the guards to be detained, like to be detained, mm-hmm. and then like when they're in like the little guard post. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murdoch is like basically blind, like because he can't see or anything, mm-hmm. like so he's like touching everything, and then he hits the alarm, so it goes off. It makes the like their alarm in the whole place mm. to go off. So everyone is thinking that like something is happening, mm-hmm. and it is a distraction. And then that's when they like rocket off of the mountain, <laughs> like to go over the fence. Yeah, I think that I like the idea actually. Almost that they wait, like they get Murdoch and maybe face get caught on purpose, like you said, and mm-hmm. hit Murdoch does the thing and he presses the alarm button and they've timed it so that he does that exactly as like Hannibal actually would trigger an alarm. Yeah. So everybody thinks it's that and not Hannibal actually like breaking through the wall or whatever, like do- yeah. doing something that they know will trigger an alarm. So, so Murdoch at a perfectly synchronized time sets it off from inside. I think that's very good. That's very A-team. So they get in there. And then I don't know how Murdoch and Face get back like deeper into the farm. Maybe they don't. I mean, that could be their part of the mm-hmm. Face could like knock out a guard and put on his outfit, yeah, and go on patrol. So Baracus and Hannibal get like I think into the house. I think mm-hmm. that they actually get to the safe and like that. They, we don't need a huge action scene there, and they find like the the red folder or whatever, like a, a very easy kind of MacGuffin term that like you and mcgregor or roger and beth gave them of like it's in a red folder or whatever Mm -hmm. all that we've managed to find out from all these pis that have gone missing from the reports is like that we're looking for a red folder or whatever so they find that and that's when like a guard comes in and catches them i have a better idea about like Mm -hmm. what's that actually in the um Mm -hmm. 
in the red folder? What if it's evidence against the pharmaceutical company? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's yeah. It's their insurance okay. policy. Like the we know you're not definitely not going to come at us because we have this dirt. Some sort of like evidence against the pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. that that's why they're stealing it. That's good. And maybe they tell them don't open it or anything, but maybe like in the scuffle. I always imagine. Um, uh, have you ever seen? Uh, I think it's in Breaking Bad or it's in some movie, but they uh, it's where they're dragging a safe like behind their car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they attach it to like a magnet. Mm-hmm. And so it's like double. Actually, I think it's maybe it's a Fast and the Furious or the Italian job. It's one of these sure. things I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> but they uh, attempt to do something like that. But then like it the door falls off and like the safe like the folders fall out and then like they're looking at the folders and they're like wait this isn't evidence of like a cult or anything this is evidence against some pharmaceutical company called this that's when the light goes on it is the girl who they're supposed to rescue and then like that's how they kind of find out what's going on see my thought was that they actually get away and okay. they give them the folder and that's when they find out that like they've been duped and that's they're like shit we got to go back and like help them because like i'm thinking that they have the this folder and that's the only thing keeping the pharmaceutical company from like coming in and completely wiping them out like it's there if you wipe us out we'll release this to the press or whatever Mm -hmm. and so now that the a-team have stolen it and given it to the pharmaceutical company they're like we're just gonna fucking blowtorch that thing to the ground and take them out and so that's when they go back and are like okay we're gonna help you fend off this attack but I, I, it's six to one. Hmm. I didn't even think about pharmaceutical company, which it, it goes well with the kidnapping angle of the daughter being taken. <laughs> no. no pun intended. Wait, so I think we threw a few things out for that mm-hmm. section of it. Yeah. But I think that they do find out that the daughter, I, I, I really want to see where like that girl is. My parents are like from like Colorado or something like I, that. I don't, yeah. these aren't my parents, you know, like I want to have that scene somewhere within that oh yeah they get the girl they take the girl with them too, like rescue her yeah and then when they get that's how they find out that this is all fucked up like they don't read the they don't read the papers it's when roger and beth come to collect their daughter in the papers and they get the papers and the daughter's like those aren't my parents she's like who are these people like what's going on or they tell her like your parents are like worried about you you need to come with us and she's like okay and she's like those aren't my parents what the fuck's going on that's good and then they uh that's when everything turns and maybe the pharmaceutical thugs have like guns or something they're like kill them all and then they have like a gunfight or escape or something like and then they go back to the farm to fortify it and to team up with hannibal's brother and for like a final attack or something Mm -hmm. like that so how do they i guess how do they escape because that's part of the plan maybe there is one plane (laughs) And there's a biplane or something, like a crop duster biplane. I have an uh, idea. Yeah. Uh, Face and Murdoch have set this up while, like, after they escape the guard post. And there's just these, like, ropes with hooks on them, like um, carabiners. They hook into their belts. And, like, Hannibal's holding on to the girl. And then Murdoch, maybe Murdoch, maybe Face isn't there at all for this or something. I don't know. But is mm-hmm. in a plane on the other side of the mountain with the ropes attached to the plane. And takes off, and so they're like being pulled up the side of the cliff, and then over, and they're like, and then maybe they they, like slide down the other side, and then I guess they're just kind of like hanging off of a helicopter flying out into California. That'd be cool. Okay, I have a really cool scene with this though. Like, so maybe they're being chased down, 
by like some of the Napoleon security guards. So what if it's one of those planes that can land on water? Yeah. But it could also like ski down a mountain. (laughs) So they're attached to the plane while it's going down the mountain because Murdoch can't get like it to like maybe it dies or something. Mm -hmm. And like, so they're going down the mountain while they're all connected to the hooks at the back, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to like avoid the snowmobile chasing uh, security. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, at the gate, like there's a like a short runway for this plane, and the only way you can actually go out is if you go straight over the gate, and they have like turrets. Like you, that's not an option. So yeah. Murdoch takes off, and he goes so steeply up the cliff that like the plane stalls, and then as it reaches the peak, it's over the top of the mountain, lands, and skids down like slight like skis yeah. down the fucking mountain. That's beautiful. I love, love it. That. What if while they're doing that, like face and. Uh, Baracus. They're being chased by the snowmobile mm-hmm. dealers who are like, I don't know, maybe they have guns, I don't know. <laughs> and they jump out. I think they're firing at the plane itself or something. Mm. And so they jump out and hook themselves to uh, snowboards sure. and to the thing to go have like a fight scene behind them. To have a fight scene with the snowmobilers. Yeah. Sure. Just just for flavor. Just for like some like action pack. Because I do like the image of them like Hanging from an airplane. Skiing behind an airplane that is, like, careening down a hill. Yeah. Uh, so they're skiing behind the plane. They escape. Uh, so they we get blah, blah, blah. They, they come back, and it's, like, they're they're coming for you. So now what's this, like, fight scene? I imagine there's probably a car chase scene. Like, the, the Beth and Roger are like, well, we have what we want. Now we have to kill you. Like, we kill all those PIs. And so they yeah. get in BA's van. And mm-hmm. there's, uh, I assume, a car chase scene. Like, a, a f- standard car chase scene that we don't have to, like, elaborate too much on. And then I think the final standstill mm-hmm. part is that this pharmaceutical company thugs are coming in with like blow torches to like burn the farm down. Mm-hmm. And like, it's going to be like an accident. They're going to do like frame it up like an accident. And like, no one's going to believe the, uh, the farmers because like Samuel Jackson, because uh, it's a, right. I don't know. It's a budding industry. And they, hey. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like maybe there's like some like distrust or something mm-hmm. with pot farmers or sure, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like fine. like I, don't, I think Samuel I Jackson probably hasn't made himself an agreeable person. What he's doing is legal, so everybody can fuck off. And yeah. So yeah. people are like willing to just be like, oh well, you fucked up. Yeah, maybe something like that. Or I'm just thinking like why that like why this would be okay. Why would the world or the police believe that this was? I don't know. Maybe the pharmaceutical company pays off the cops. Like or something like that, or or the government, like maybe like the the county or something, like hates that this pot farm is like up in like their like space, and sure. like those people are paid off. Because mm-hmm. I think the A team, at least the movie, has somewhat of an anti-government vibe. Mm-hmm. So I could see that a little bit. So what's the what's the plan for defense? I guess we should almost plan the offense. I think it's pretty straightforward. They're just gonna like roll in mm-hmm. and with like jeeps and stuff probably a very much of like we have enough money and supplies that we're just going to ram down every bar run over every tire strip and just keep going like we, we're just gonna we'll, we'll like ruin a hundred jeeps getting through yeah. the gates yeah what if part of the folder was mm-hmm. actually like the access codes to mm-hmm. turn the system off if it's a folder containing all of the dirt they have on this pharmaceutical company, I don't know why they would also keep the access codes to their security system. It's in a it. safe. All the safe things that need to be safe are in the safe. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to like play back to like the Hannibal using like low tech mm-hmm. 
things like we could kind of get into using a lot of farm equipment and stuff mm. and like things that they have on the site as like defense they're gonna ewok this shit yeah okay so i'm thinking like that sprayer thing with the long arms mm-hmm. with like the thing that goes over the fields i think that thing could be used as like i don't know flamethrowers they turn the the arms like to, at an angle so instead of spraying down they spray out and they yeah. fill it with like gasoline and turn it yeah. into a moving flamethrower or like mace like it's mace. like it's like i don't know where they're getting gallons of mace but i i mean you could do like we could homebrew like be like oh yeah we i'm not gonna say we make our own mace here but it's like we have the chemicals to make basically mace it could be chili powder <laughs> or something like something of that I feel like mace or chili powder or whatever, I think people with, who are coming in with flamethrowers wear full, like, masks, so I don't know if they could actually true. spray that shit into their eyes. What if it's something like, oh, we gotta kill the flamethrower, so it's something, like, what I mean, if it's, it's just water. water? Yeah, water's yeah, good. what if it's yeah. just water to, like, drown them? I mean, I think there are men with guns as well, so that needs to be addressed, like... So they need to take those people out as well, and, they, and I think maybe the people with guns have pipe bombs and, like things like Molotov cocktails even mm-hmm. or like some sort of like I'd say we need to use the plane but I don't think they have it anymore because Murdoch skied it down a mountain yeah which I want to shout out the uh, Vikas who played Murdoch I he was cracking me up so much during the movie oh yeah Murdoch like my favorite was where they get in the plane that they're with the tank in it and they're gonna fly away and he's like let the real pilots go yeah relax one of these. you're gonna be fine will it lock me up it better knock me out because it's dumb and knock you out. Bosco, the buttons are confusing me. Shut up, Murdoch. Come on, Murdoch. Let's go. Find this plane. Forget it. I, I'll turn myself in. What is this? Come on. Come on, Murdoch. Not getting lucky. Just the way he yeah. said it was so funny. <laughs> I'm so confused by the buttons. Also, shout out because, like, I don't know. I bet it was an improv moment, but um, when they're in. Um, it's when they're getting on that plane mm-hmm. where they do that, I think, or because um, they're being checked in to like the plane office or something. Oh yeah. He says uh, he uh, he says his name is Neil Blogcamp because he's trying to sound like he's South African, and he like pulls it off because he's South African. He's South African, and Neil Blomkamp is the dude from District Nine. Right. I just thought it was it was kind of it was funny. I didn't actually catch that. So yeah, yeah. All right. So they have the tractor that shoots water. So now that kind of takes care of the flamethrower guys Mm -hmm. and i imagine that that's probably more of an arc so that it's not they don't have to get right up on them maybe they run them over i don't know like i don't care what are some other fun farm things Hmm. i think we're hitting a wall a little Mm -hmm. bit yeah i don't know i've i my mind is shut off um we just end the movie there nothing we no one knows what happens um, so they go to the boat, and uh, Lee Nielsen is like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> we're not doing, we're not, we're not doing Grey Havens again." <laughs> we're, we're, no. So, I think we need a few just like more action things, and then um, I, I think they need to trap them to get like a full confession mm-hmm. or something out of them. Um, Roger and Beth, much like Lynch in the first one, they wouldn't be, they'd be somewhere probably on site observing, but they wouldn't like get out and walk around. So we need to lure them out. Yeah. We also haven't really had Samuel L. Jackson doing anything. Yeah. I mean, I have a really stupid idea. Say it. They could kind of control burn 
the crops <laughs> and get everybody high. Sure. I mean, we kind of touched, we, we did a similar uh, plot point in The Wickening. Yeah. How many movies can we get out of a pinch by just getting every character high? Worked for Pineapple Express. Worked for uh, Without a Paddle. I think that's I think that's funny. People are getting like stoned and like maybe like their eyes are because because I, I don't think it's actually about like because they are coming in to like burn down the farm, but like mm-hmm. it's salvageable, right? So right. I mean, uh, they're coming in to like burn and salt the earth. I think that like yeah, Samuel Jackson and the people who work there know their business enough that they're like we can burn them but the ground will still be usable later like what if there's still a little bit of evidence that the pharmaceutical company doesn't have mm. and that's why they're going back at, well, at some point hannibal or face swaps with like one of the soldiers and they're like radioing like we've got it we come verify and so that's when roger and beth come in to verify that this is the evidence and that's when they get them yeah, I think that's I think that's maybe like the at least at least the bait of like while they're being like we're going full steam ahead. Fuck, fuck, like being discreet anymore. Like we'll come in because they're obviously willing to kill people, so mm-hmm. we'll come in, kill everybody, and be like f- frame everybody and be heroes. Like <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They kill. They found the A team. They're gonna maybe use the A team's wanted status to be like, oh yeah, well, like. Uh, or something. I mean, it's that's some vigilante justice crap. I mean, that, like, that's what the A team does. Yeah. Or they're gonna let the police. They get the police wrapped up in it too. Like, mm-hmm. so the police are coming in and helping them, um, because the county sheriff wants to be like a hero or something. Because they'll give the county sheriff the credit and like it gives them just cause to invade the farm because the A team is in there and they're wanted people. Mm-hmm. I think the A team uses that to their advantage, or is that what you were saying? I mean, I think the A team uses it to their advantage, but I think that's why this whole invasion thing could happen without like. What if uh, instead Samuel Jackson calls the sheriff, like the county sheriff, and it's like I have the the members of the A team here come and arrest them, and so he's in the house when Beth and Roger launch their attack and like literally sees this invasion happen, and so he's there when they come in to like check the evidence and then he arrests them because he like witnessed it and saw them come in and like basically admit to doing all this. Yeah. So, but he's been there quietly the whole time and that was their plan. What if they get themselves arrested on purpose? You know, like I guess, and then part of their confession, I guess what, maybe this is what you're getting at. Part of their confession is all, all the whole thing about the pharmaceutical company. So like, but the pharmaceutical company is trying to kill them. My, what I was saying was that like, as part of their plan to catch Roger and Beth, Samuel Jackson calls the sheriff and is like, I have the A-team here. Like, I've locked them in a room, blah, 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 come and, like, collect them. So the sheriff and some deputies show up, and then, like, Samuel Jackson somehow, like, detains them, not, like, illegally. Mm-hmm. But, so they're in the house, unbeknownst to Beth and Roger, when Beth and Roger launch their assault. So the police are there and see everything happen, and then they're, like, I in, in the next room when Beth and Roger are tricked into the house to verify the evidence, and then he's like, okay, well, I witnessed all of this, and I saw you, and now you are under arrest. Like, yeah, I can't do anything. I saw all of it. Like, yeah, they, they use the A-team as a lure to convince the sheriff to come there under false pretenses, basically. And what if, like, the whole thing is videotaped, too? So, like, everybody is, like, even the sheriff is videotaped through the whole thing. Yeah. And it's instantly mailed, like, sent to the the California, like, law office sure. to be like, okay, well, not only do you know about it, but every like, 
to keep like the sheriff honest. I think we let the, I think the sheriff. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm fine with that. I think the sheriff lets the A team go, or they escape. Like I think that's like always like a. Yeah, I I like the idea that maybe Samuel Jackson or Napoleon. Oh, I forgot to lock that window. I, it'd be cool if it was Napoleon. I think so. That's... We didn't really build up, but I imagine there's a brother character arc in there for Hannibal. I mean, I think he doesn't approve of what Napoleon does, like how, like drugs, which I mean, I think Hannibal would be one of those guys who thinks weed is a bad drug. Really? You think? I don't know. He thinks he could be doing more, maybe. And the brother's like, yeah, well, you're a wanted fugitive also. So, yeah. and then they come to terms with like, that's not the whole truth. I can believe that too. But while at the same time, Hannibal, like, oh, well, he, he's the alcohol kind of drug person. Like he, cause he, he's like fine brandy kind of like drinker being like. I, I think Hannibal just drugs as like a whole thing, even if like there are shades of gray, but in general, like you protect drugs or whatever. I could see Liam Nielsen saying that, Liam Neeson saying that. But then Bradley Cooper and uh, Murdoch are like, yeah, drugs. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Let's get lit. 420 plays it. Um, yeah. That's the subtitle. The 18 2 420, 420 plays it. it. What is okay. the subtitle? What are we calling this one? The 18 2 High on their own supply. Um, <laughs> I think that like high octane fun is like a the tagline of the movie. Like 18 2 colon dot dot whatever. The 18 colon dot whatever. High octane action. The 18 private enterprise. Ooh. I like that private enterprise. Let's give it a couple more try. Like that's that's and, and if we don't come with anything better, high or private enterprises, <laughs> the war on drugs, <laughs> something with brothers maybe, Mister and Mister Smith. <laughs> Let's just do private enterprise. I don't think we're gonna. Just think of one more. I can't think of a single one. The Phantom Menace. <laughs> We got in a very bad habit, episode two, of just tacking on a, a real movie's subtitle, whatever. For sure. <laughs> I mean, all the Finn Space Jam 2, The Order of the Phoenix, Till I Die, like, that's a great title. Yeah. But it got us in a bad habit. I mean, The Phantom Menace, I mean, Ewan McGregor and Lee Nielsen is in this. <laughs> yeah. The A-Team. LLC. Is homegrown, so can we work with that, maybe? A-Team. Just say no. I think private enterprise. I think it's just gonna the A team colon fate of the team. No. <laughs> two A two team. Two A two team. Uh, <laughs> I say private enterprises. Okay. I can't think of anything. That's fine. Than yeah. That. I mean, so, you don't want to go through all of the like the A team no. colon A team drift. Yeah. All right. So. A team colon private enterprise. Yes. All right. Well, uh, do we do it? I think we did it somewhat. I think there are some holes there. I think there are little holes. Then if we did it, I love it when a pitch comes together. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're just mad you didn't think of it first. Yeah. If we did it, that's credits for another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. The people, all the people, all the party people, all the meeples can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. 
We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers where we post all of our episode art. This one's probably going to be Liam Neeson in the, in the weed leaf. Yeah. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Special thanks to our theme song, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. Uh, we'd love it if you would review a show, any show. Specifically ours, but just any show. Go on, give them a review. Podcast reviews are important for Or, I mean, just like, you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Great British Bake Off. Just go out and give a show a review. Your local production of The Taming of the Shrew. Uh, Also, maybe just tell a friend about us. That would be cool, too. Yeah. Go out into the street. The first person you see passing by, hand them your phone with an episode of The Equalizers loaded up, and just send them on their way with it. Make sure you bring headphones. Be considerate. Yeah. So... For the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. There's always a bigger boat. To be continued. Continued.